0: Good evening, Collective. I hope you all are doing well. I am pumped about this series. Uh, We are in a new series called Relationship Goals, and you all probably heard that tonight. And uh, I brought some friends with me on stage uh, because none of us are in mutual relationships. It's a positive thing. Uh, But we do come from different backgrounds. Uh, In the room, I'm sure there are people who are in relationships, I'm sure there are people who are single, and you guys are up with me because uh, I have not been your age in single. I met my wife when I was in high school. I chased her for a long time, and when I got my driver's license, I started dating my wife. So I have been in a relationship the entire 18 to 29 years of life that comprises this room. Um, So I could give you a good perspective on singleness, but my season of singleness is long gone. Uh, If you are single, usually you have a nice little catchphrase. Maybe it's, you are single and secure. You are single and stuck. Single and sad. Uh, Single and ready to mingle. Uh, All of them, all right? We're going to talk about all that. But... In light of singleness, what you will hear tonight is not just for people who are single, all right? There's people who are in relationships, some of y'all married, and if you are dating, I hope you sweat a little bit tonight. I hope it's a little bit of trial by fire, and you realize, I either need to improve my relationship or end it, uh, because that's where you're at when you're dating, because you're not married, right yeah you're not to that point. If you are married, maybe learn to date your spouse again. Take some notes it will have huge dividends for you. trust me uh, but outside of that, this is not necessarily like a panel uh more like a table discussion where um, Kylie will share some of what god 's doing to her some her perspective saying sh- she is learning Coney will do the same. And the reason I selected them up here is because they are from a different background from me. And regardless of what that background is, all of us in the room, we are from different places. Like we have different history when it comes to relationships. We have different history when it comes to relationships that were displayed in our lives growing up. But I chose you because regardless of what your background may look like, I see both of you actively pursuing Jesus in your life. I know both of you are currently single, and you are pursuing Jesus above everything else, and that's why I ask each of you to share. So Kylie, would you like to share first?
1: My name's Kylie. Um, I am—I <laughs> used to be very single and sad, but I can assure you that that is not the case anymore. Um, I'm 25, and I've actually been single my whole life. So, um, there's that. Anyways, before I took my relationship serious, <laughs> actually, first of all, where's all my single ladies at? Okay, I'm not the only one here. Praise Jesus. <laughs> um. Before I took my relationship with Jesus serious, um, I was doing a lot of things that took my time away from him. Um, I'm not saying that these things are bad. They probably worked for some of you, but for me, they didn't, and in fact, um, I was just spending way too much time on dating apps. Um, I could go through the list of how many different ones that I've done. They're all quite scary, not going to lie. <laughs> um, I would never meet up with any of them, so it was just almost kind of a waste of scrolling. Um I was constantly adding men on social media that I thought were attractive, that I had no idea who they were, um, hoping that they would um, reach out to me. Um, I am a sucker for a good-looking boy in a flannel. There's a picture that they can post up there that they can show you. See? (laughs) See? A girl can't resist, am I right? He's cute. Anyways... um, I used to take, um, appearance, um, very serious over, um, a man's heart for Jesus, and I just kind of looked past it, um, if I didn't, if they didn't check mark every box that I had on my list, um, it was just an automatic pass, um, very, very, um, judgmental of me. I hate every bit of it. Um, so I ripped the list up, threw it in the trash, no longer exists. I highly recommend you guys do that as well. Um, waste of time. (laughs) Unless he loves Jesus, throw it away. Um, what changed? Last season we did a rated R for romance, um, and something was said, um, that stuck with me the whole time. If you are constantly searching and chasing for, um, a relationship, then you're not ready. Um, so I took that to heart, and I slowly started to spend more time with the Lord. Whether it was in the mornings before work, or um, serving, so leading small groups, um, meeting new friends. Um. And a verse that has stuck out to me is First Corinthians seven thirty-two through thirty-five. It says, I want you to be without concerns. The unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the married man is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, so that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But the married woman is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. I am saying this for your own benefit, not to put a restraint on you, but to promote what is proper so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. I took that verse um, as a sign that in my singleness stage of life, um, I need to focus on what the Lord wants me to do. Um, He turns me into the person that I am today. I don't think I would be here if I didn't take my relationship with him serious. Um, I have gone through things that some people don't know about that I don't talk about. Um, but the Lord has definitely changed my aspect on what a relationship, um, should look like. And then that kind of went into, um, setting standards and boundaries for what I wanted the, um, godly man, um, be like, and these are not my words, these are the standards that the Lord has said in the Bible, Um, something, and I've seen this in real life, Um, I've been able to witness it from my grandpa, and I know um, how he was, and I know it exists, so something that um, I take very serious is a man who knows the Lord, one who makes him a priority um, over me. Uh 1 Corinthians 11:3 says, but I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of every woman and God is the head of Christ. I think um at the end of the day that verse is saying um a man should know the Lord and love him over how much he loves me and at the end of the day if his um relationship with the Lord is as serious as he says it is, then everything else will fall into place and um uh Something else that I take very strongly, and I'll I'll wrap it up here pretty quick. Um, This is something that I have uh, struggled with, um, purity and um, straying away from sexual temptation. Um, I know it's been a deal breaker for um, men that I've talked to. Um, I obviously um, have been trying to save myself from marriage, and something that is almost unheard of anymore, um, it's not that I want to over do people for that, but it's something that I don't think everyone should know. <laughs> um, so 1 Corinthians 10:13 says, no temptation has come upon you except what is common to mankind, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation he will also provide a way out so you may be able to bear it. Um, at first I was really defeated, um, at the fact that that specific topic was such a deal breaker for people, um, I didn't quite understand. Um, but at the end of the day, um, the Lord created it for two people and two people only, and it's something that I have taken very serious. And if a man doesn't approve that, then he's obviously not the right one. So, um, And then the last thing is speaking kindly um, and always finding a way to serve. That is something my grandpa has um, strongly, strongly— um, done his entire life, every opportunity he had, he would serve somebody else. Um, so uh, Ephesians four twenty nine: 29, no foul language should come from the mouth, but only what is good for building someone up in need so that it gives grace to those who um, hear. I think being someone else's testimony is extremely important. Um, I have been able to baptize friends. Um, I have been able to... <sighs> sit with someone that has never been to church before, and it's just been really, really cool um, that the way you treat others um, and speak to others, it can be someone else's testimony and um, lead their way to their relationship with Jesus, and hopefully, um
0: yes, um uh, absolutely, and uh, you heard her talk about all these different scriptures and different things that she relies upon. And when I asked Kylie to speak tonight, she first thing said no, but then her friend said yes. But can can you open your Bible to your cover page real quick? Well, I'm going to make it part of the talk. Open it up. Yes. So I asked her just about singleness, and she uh, – said all those scriptures about what she looks for in a man because she has them clearly written in her bible where she has a list of every scripture about a godly husband and the characteristics that she finds in scripture and has them highlighted in blue right yeah so so she really she knows it you should not be embarrassed this was incredible and then uh she also has part in Scripture and mostly Proverbs. It talks about what a godly woman should look like. So one, focus on herself, but also as she's looking for a man, she wants it to be, look at this, all the Scriptures of what a godly husband should look like. And I know you weren't going to say that, but I wanted to talk about that's real life. That's how you live. And you didn't just write this to speak that's how you how you really
2: live. You are great. It's good. All right. Uh Yeah, so when Josh, when Josh called me and um, asked me to do this, I was at work, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that, and then hung up with him, and I was like, what did I just do? Um, so I get to come from this at a different angle than, than Kylie does um, and come and talk more about singleness after divorce. So um, I you know, married my best friend straight out of uh, when she was graduated from college, um, and we were married for about a year and a half, and um, the first year was great. Things got rough. We were seeking things that we wanted. Um, speaking for myself, I was seeking things that I wanted. I had high ex- or different expectations than she did. Um, there was a lot that played into it, but ultimately we decided that um, divorce was the way to go for us, and that wasn't an easy decision at all, and it took months and months for us to even come to that decision. Um, <coughs> but focusing on after that, obviously, that was a huge heartbreak. There was a lot of pain to deal with in that. Um, so looking at the healing process from that, because y- you don't heal just from a divorce. You heal from a breakup. You heal from friendships that, you know, break apart. There's a healing process that comes along with all of that, um, for myself, like I said, during the marriage, I wasn't where I needed to be in my relationship with Jesus. I it was focusing on worldly things, and I was focusing on things that, um, you know, I wasn't triv- striving towards building my relationship with Jesus so my wife and I can have a great relationship as well. And so after um, the divorce, there was about a six-month period where I quit going to church. Um, I said, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if that's, that's for me right now. Um, I felt judged from a lot of people that I was around. Um, because of the decisions that we made. And um, about six months um, afterwards, I actually bought this new Bible. My old Bible was falling apart and, and trashed, so I was like, let's get a new one. And I opened this up, just like opened the middle of the Bible, and turned to the page that literally says singleness at the top. And this whole page was about singleness and what it, you know, what what the joys of singleness are and how to be content in being single And I was like, okay, God, (laughs) you're cool. Um, So the verse that actually was on that page was the one that Kylie showed as well. uh, It was uh, 1 Corinthians 7.32. I want you to be be free from the concerns of this life. A man who is um, no longer married or has never been married can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. And at that time, I was like, again, not going to church. But God's like, hey, you've been there. We get it. But you can do so much more. Um so through that healing process I reached out to um a lot of spiritual mentors that had been th- uh part of my life throughout um the early stages of my life and just um was seeking wisdom from them. Um not all of them have been divorced. They're most of them were still in successful marriages and just trying to get um closure um and I guess, reassurance that this isn't the end. Like, just because I got divorced doesn't mean I can't serve Jesus, doesn't mean I can't get back into this, and doesn't mean I can't be content in the singleness that I'm in now and then seek, um, you know, a potential marriage in the future. Um, So I worked on finding satisfaction in just building a close relationship with Jesus. Um, I started going to church again. I actually started coming here um, and then got involved in different ministries and started to feel normal again, whatever that means. Um, And it was about, I want to say, eight, nine months ago, um, and the song Gyra was uh, playing on the radio, and there's a line that says, uh, I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I could do to let you down. And that was a big thing for me, is that, man, this decision we made disappointed God. Like, his heart is broken because of a choice that I made. Our hearts were broken, but God's heart was broken for us. (coughs) And that song, that reminder, just kept going in my head. You know, there's nothing I can do to let him down. Because I'm not holding him up. (coughs) And then I was, I started to say, you know, when I started going back to church, I was like, okay, how am I going to just get back into ministry? Like, to actually serving. How can I do that with what, you know, what I've dealt with and what people know um, I've been through? How can I be in a leadership position that way without them looking at me like, mm, he should not be there. And um, then uh, this page here in my Bible is titled Excellence, and it lists out Hebrews 12, uh, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us, we do this by keeping our, f- our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And that's just been a, a, comp- a complete fuel for this fire that I've got now to just give it all back to him, to, to stop th- living this life for me and live it for him, and to know that divorce isn't the end. Breakups aren't the end. There's healing that can come, and there's grace that can come in Jesus. So if, if you would, just pray with me. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be here as a body of believers, to be surrounded by people who love you (coughs) and love serving you. Lord, we pray for the grace and the mercy that you have for us, that we see it, that we realize it, we recognize it in every moment that we go through in this life. And we just pray that whether we're single, whether we're in a relationship, Lord, that the, the, the first relationship that we're focusing on is our relationship with you because nothing else really matters if that's not in place. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Kony and Kylie. And I explained why I selected them. What I didn't include is they are in the same stage of life as you and we are designed to learn from each other i'm going to unfold a little bit of what they what they said And as I do that, I want to give some really practical steps for you. We just finished the how-to series, but when it comes to a relationship series, I want to give you very practical things that you can deal with God right here in this moment and things that you can take out of here and actively put in to your relationship or the way that you are seeking a relationship or the way that you are content without a relationship. So if you're taking notes, I have a few things for you to make sure that you put in. And the first is this. It is focus on you. Very rarely will you hear uh, somebody come up and speak a sermon and say, you know what, you need to focus on you. Because when you read through Scripture, it's all about love God, love others. Then then look at yourself. But when it comes to relationships, right, you need to focus on you. And here's why. Because healthy relationships— are made up of healthy individuals. A relationship can't fix you. A relationship won't necessarily change you in the right direction. A lot of times, like, all right, I'll get this figured out when I find someone. Or you know what? When I get into a relationship, then I'll, I'll stop doing this. But relationship isn't something that you go to and you look at the other person to fix you. Because if you've been coming to collective, right, you have been coming to church, you know that there's only one person who can truly fix you. There's only one person who truly knows you, and that is Jesus. That is the strength that we have to lean on. That is the change that we have to lean on. And if you, in your life, like you want in your relationship mean like, I want my relationship to be healthier. It starts with you. It's not I hope they, I hope she, or I hope he. It's what do I need to change? What do I need to do better? And when you focus on you and you get healthy, that's where healthy relationships come from. And the second is this. Be the minority when you look at Scripture, and you see it kind of reiterate through Scripture, if everybody else is doing it, there's a good chance you probably shouldn't. Yet, well, we live in a culture that likes to counsel us, that likes to shape and mold us, our beliefs, the things that we practice, the things that we portray, the things that we seek, the things that we choose to either sexualize or pursue, Like, a lot of that is defined by our culture. But Scripture is really clear. Like, if everybody's doing it, they're probably walking the wrong direction. They're probably walking away from God. And this is where we aren't called to live like everyone else. Right? Look across the world. There are broken relationships everywhere you look. The people that are in the largest public eye are the ones that have the shortest marriages. When you look across at divorce rates, they are high. But when you look into the church world, the divorce rate is just as high. And I believe the reason the divorce rate in church is so high because we seek counsel from the world more than we seek counsel from God's word. Right, and obviously, you look through Scripture, not have a hint of sexual immorality. Flee from sexual temptation. But every time it talks about sexual sin, it talks about purity. And what God wants for your life, when he focuses on you and talking about being the minority, is to seek purity. And I'm not just talking sexual sin. I'm talking jealousy, I'm talking greed, I'm talking insecurity, substance, whatever it may be. God is saying, I want you to seek purity. I want you to pursue me before you pursue anybody else or pursue anything else. Because when you are seeking purity in your life, you will be truly set apart. You won't be like everybody else because that's not something the world seeks. But when you come into a relationship with Jesus, when you come up here and you do business with Jesus, he wants you to seek him first. He wants you to seek purity in every area of your life. And the last one is this. It's simply to break up. Now, I'm not saying that every relationship in here needs to break up, but some of you might be in a very unhealthy relationship, and just from the little glimpse that you heard tonight, you know that your relationship is not pushing you to a better place, but it's keeping you stuck in an unhealthy place, right? If you're in a relationship where you can't trust each other, bye, right? Be done with it. If you're in a relationship where you're like, you know what? I can't really depend upon this person deuces whatever it is if if you can't express how you feel if you can't be heard is that a relationship that you want to stay in because hear me there will always be somebody that doesn't know your worth there will always be somebody that will seek you and not value you and don't let that be you Right. Don't offer a discount to anybody because you are worth more than that. Because you are a child of God. You're a daughter of God. You are a son of God. And you are worth more than to settle for someone, to settle for a relationship that doesn't value Jesus and ultimately doesn't value you. But more than a relationship, right? A lot of us need to break up with a mindset. And it, it, it's, it's the mindset of maybe what our expectations are in a relationship. Going back to this whole counseled by the culture thing, when you look at Hallmark movies, you always know how they're going to end, right? They fall in love, right? Or you watch a Disney film from the moment you are a little bitty, Right? There's happily ever afters. But you need to break up with your mindset that that's that's your dream. You need to break up with fairy tales. Because I'm going to be real with you. You just don't find something and all of a sudden it's happily ever after. Because the very exact moment that you stop investing in yourself... You stop investing and in preparing for a relationship, or you stop investing in a relationship, it will never be a happily ever after. Relationships, if you've been in one, right, you know they take work. Marriage, I'm s- I've been with my wife since 16, so I don't know, almost 15 years. And I'm still learning stuff about my wife. I'm still having to invest in our relationship. It's not just, you know what, we've been together forever, so we are happy forever. Right? You have to work at this. And you have to, and even when you're in a relationship, you have to seek purity. You have to pursue Jesus above everything else. And lastly, and I think this applies to everybody in the room regardless of what relationship you find yourself in or what you desire. You simply need to break up with your guilt and shame. Some of you are carrying around hurt from when you were very young and you didn't have a choice. You were a victim. But all that hurt and pain still gets carried over and transferred into relationships today. Some of you have been in relationships that inflicted hurt, that caused pain in your life. And you feel like you are damaged goods. You feel like you are not worth what you used to be worth. And if you know anything about Jesus, you know that isn't true. You know that he loves you just as you are. You know you can't do anything to make God love you more. And you can't do anything to make God love you less. Because while you were still sinner, he died for you. And when he foreknew you, he knew everything. He still chose you. So regardless of what pain you are carrying, what poor decisions you have made what bad relationships you have been in or currently in jesus wants you he's asking you to come close to him he is asking you to lay down whatever it is and to be done with it because hear this in psalm 119 it says how can a young person stay on the path of purity By living according to your word. It says, I will seek you with all my heart. For I've hidden your word in my heart. And regardless of where you find yourself tonight in a great marriage, in an unhealthy relationship, single, wherever it might be. How are you pursuing Jesus? Where, where's your focus? And what is the thing that you need to break up with? What is the thing that you are holding? What is the thing that is is the baggage that you are constantly carrying? And as we move in to worship, I'm going to ask you t- to be guided in your prayer. I'm going to ask you to, to just... To pray boldly. And if you want somebody to pray with you, there'll be people up here. And you can seek guidance. But what I want you to do, whatever it is that you feel like you need to break up with, if it's guilt, if it's shame, if it's pride, I want you to bring it to Jesus. And lay it down and say, Jesus, I want to seek you. I want to hide your word in my heart. I want to pursue you more than I pursue anything else. Because that's where he finds you right here in this moment. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for loving us regardless. Of where we walk, loving us no matter what sin we are actively involved in. Father, right now I know there is probably a lot of guilt and shame when it comes to the lens of relationships, when it comes to making poor decisions when it comes to pursuing the wrong things. Father, let us lay that before you and understand that you love us exactly where you find us, that you want to pull us out, you want to pull us near to you. So, Father, right now, I'm bringing this weight to you, and Father, I know you will carry it, and help us pick up your word, help us pick up our relationship with you, it's your name that we pray, amen.